Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Summer Movie Club. I am your host, Zach Weiss. And uh, Adam, if I can level with you real quick. Uh, you didn't know I was going to get serious on you, so forgive me. Um, I, had a, I had a hard week, Adam. Between watching this movie and then watching Peacemaker, I've, I've, I'm afraid I've, I've caught a case of derangement. Is it beautiful derangement? Uh, I I think it, it I think it's not full blown beautiful. Yet. It's like but, it's like cute derangement. Yeah, but we're we're heading there, and I'm worried. I don't want to give it to my family. Uh, that uh, that other voice you heard was my co-host this week. Might have sound like the normal Adam you're, you're used to, but this week he's inexplicably voiced by Vin Diesel. Yeah. How you doing, Adam? I'm good. How are you? Did you know that um actually Vin Diesel learned how to say I am Groot in like a bunch of different languages so that every language you watch the movie <coughs> is Vin Diesel as Groot. It's, you know what's funny? Because I was about to say, oh, wow, he learned three words in a bunch of languages. He probably only learned two words in a bunch of languages because I have a feeling that Groot does not translate into other languages. So he's probably like... Probably not. I know I've seen, the... I've seen a video of him saying, yo, soy Groot. I was about to say, yo, soy Groot. Um... <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, we are continuing uh, MCU month. But of course, the M and the C stand for Movie Club. Uh, we are... Last week, we, oh, we, fuck, we started... That's so much better. Because like I feel like we've made that joke so many times on the podcast. Is like something with letters, and then one of the letters stands for something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> last week, we started where it all started with Iron Man. Now, we've moved into... Uh, this, I think, I feel like this was their... Uh, first off, it, uh, we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. If I, I had a mention, excuse me, excuse me, guys. I'm on the, I'm on the air. Go play. Uh, um, uh, this was uh, not only the first venture into space for the MCU, but also I feel like the first comedic turn. One that's I was like, going to say this. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of set the tone not only for the MCU. But it kind of set the tone for, like, superhero movies in general. Because I remember, yeah. like, Guardians came out, and Guardians blew up. And then, like, right around when Guardians came out was when we got the first trailer for Suicide Squad. And it was, like, super dark, and, like, it looked really good. And then, like, <laughs> Guardians came out and blew up. And then, like, the next trailer we saw for Suicide Squad was, like, neon lights and like funny bits mm. and like shit like that yeah. so like i feel like this they were is, this definitely is the... trying to... good i said i definitely feel like dc was trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that that, that marvel had with um guardians and you know i mean it makes sense that the suicide suicide squad was there you know like uh, was an ensemble theme piece like guardians was um We've gone on to see more uh, um, comedic-tinged um, superhero movies after this with the Deadpool movies, uh, most notably within the MCU. Thor Ragnarok was, I was almost say, as much Thor, a cut. Thor, I mean, it makes sense now also that, like, um, like the next, um, if I'm not mistaken, like, Thor, the next Thor movie and the next Guardians movies are basically just going to be, like, the same thing, like, because I think the next, um, 
I, I, I think like the next Thor movie is literally called like As Guardians of the... No, that's Love and Thunder. Love and yeah. Thunder is the new Thor. Um, but I remember, I feel like something was like the As Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. Um, you know, so it was something, I don't know if it was true or not, or someone just put like supposedly Natalie Portman's back in this next tour, and the, the 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 snap gave her cancer. Oh, really? That's what I saw. I saw a tweet, and I was like, I don't know if that's real or why that happened. There was um, um there was something that I saw where I think it was when they announced that she was going going to be in the new Thor movie. Um, there's a thing. There's like a. It's like a, I think it's like a panel at Comic Con, where like she's talking to whoever is directing it, and the person who's like directing it has. I want to say uh, they brought back Taco Atiti. Did they? Um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, whoever, whoever it is, when they're they're doing yeah. the panel, huh? Taco Atiti. Oh no! So when they're doing the panel, I think it was Taco Atiti was holding Mjolnir on stage. And like Natalie Portman comes, like she, he introduces Natalie Portman, and he hands her Mjolnir, and like she kind of like holds it up, like wielding it. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a part in the comics where, um, where Jane, her name's her character's name is Jane, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe there's a part of the, there's a bit in the comics where Jane takes up the mantle of Thor. And while we're talking, I'm now going to text John Hannigan about it. Um, let me uh. We get into the, the the synopsis and then the credits for this because we've got a lengthy list of writing credits. Um, uh, a group of intergalactic criminals must pull together to stop a fanatical warrior with plans to purge the universe. Uh, writing credits, we have the beautifully demented mind of James Gunn, who is <laughs> contagious evidently now. Yeah. Uh, also directed. He's, directed, he's gone viral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed and written by the beautifully deranged mind of James Gunn. Also co-written by Nicole Perlman. Uh, just quick, Perlman has a couple writing credits. She wrote this. She wrote uh, this story. Let's not glaze over it real quick. Friend of the podcast, James Gunn. Oh, oh, I was about to say, is there a more, aside from a themed month, is there a bigger friend of the show director-wise than James Gunn? I think this is, what, our third James Gunn movie. No, he didn't do the first. Never mind. Who did the first? No, he only did um, the second Suicide. He did the who did, Suicide Squad. Who did Who did Suicide Squad? Um, Zack Snyder? Uh, no. I'll look it up. You keep talking about the. You t- keep talking about Nicole Perlman. Uh, Nicole Perlman wrote uh, this. She wrote, and then she wrote the story, uh, but not the script for Carpton, Captain Mar- Carpton. You know that. You know that superhero Carpton Marvel. Carpton Marvel. Uh, Carpton Marvel. Wrote the story for Captain Marvel and uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, real quick, uh, we've got a lengthy list here. Dad, Wait, I don't know if you've ever seen Detective Pikachu, but I enjoyed I the fuck out of it. It was fine. It was good. It was it was interesting. My favorite part of it was seeing the Pokemon in a real world setting because it gave you more of an idea of scale. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, David, before you continue, David Ayer um, ah, yes. directed um, directed the first directed Suicide Squad, and from the looks of it, he didn't. He doesn't have any writing credits that are friends of the podcast, but I'm looking to see if he has any uh, directing credits. I, I'm assuming not. Um, no, but he did direct two movies that I enjoy. He directed um, End of Watch and Fury. Oh, neat for you. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning are credited as uh, writing for based on the Marvel comics by them. 
uh, Bill Man Mantlo and Keith Kirchner credited for creating the character Rocket Raccoon. Um, Jim Starlin is credited for creating Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, and Thanos. Uh, Steve Englehart and Steve Gann. I got a, uh, even then, if you uh, lump in the next guy on the list, we got a trio of Steves on the, uh, but yeah, Steve a lot of Steve's. And Steve, yeah, a lot of Steves. Uh, Steve heavy list. Yeah, I know. Uh, God, it's just a rain, it's raining Steves. Uh, Steve Englehart and Steve, Steve's. Uh, uh, credit is creating the character Star Lord, <laughs> and then Steve Gerber and Val Maverick. Are credited as creating the character Howard the Duck. Uh, uh, before you nice go on, I believe I believe you misread the the last name. I think it's Mayerick. It's not a V. It's a Y. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Because I got the, the, for some reason when I transpose it to my notes, it underlines it. Oh, uh, okay. Because it's a so it, it's a hyperlink. Yeah. Um, must have been a good uh, been nice for Steve Gerber and Val Myrick when they're like, "Hey, we're gonna," because uh, I'm sure that they got some change for this, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like we're gonna throw this character into a post-credit scene. He's gonna have one line and be on screen for like 15 seconds, and here's here's a paycheck. And then since they're credited as writers, I'm sure they get residuals. So like here we're gonna here's a check, and then we're gonna keep sending you checks every now and then. Um, I mean not not just that. Not only like like yeah he like he appeared for literally five seconds in the the end credit sequence. But he has like a little. He has a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy too. You know what? I saw that. I, I have to go back and watch Guardians of the Galaxy two because I watched Honestly, it once I, and I I might have fallen asleep. I've only I had only seen it once, um, maybe twice. But literally, like I finished watching Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm like, you know what? Fuck, dude! Like the beautifully deranged mind of James Gunn. You have to be what? careful, Adam. He writes a fun movie, so I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck it! I'm gonna fu-, like immediately followed Guardians one with Guardians two. Um, you need to promise me that you're gonna take precautions because th- that's I, what I happened to me. I, I got vaccinated. Oh, you got you got the range vaccine. Yeah, yeah. I got the I got the I Moderna. The James my, CVS, <laughs> my CVS isn't given it yet. Yeah. Um, just to run down the cast, we have Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, Zoe Zaldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax. Vin Diesel, for some reason, as Groot. Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Lee Pace as Ronan. Michael Rooker as Yondu. Karen Gillian, Gillen as Nebula. Uh, you want to take a shot at this name, Adam? Uh, I, we, I feel like we've pronounced it before yeah. on the podcast. What, what, was he in something we did? No, I think we just mentioned him. Uh, we were just like, so just uh, just out of nowhere, we were like, hey, let's here's a fun... <laughs> Uh, here's a fun game. Let's try to pronounce this guy's name. Um, Jaimon Hansu. That's, is, uh, that's just by looking at the uh, the phonetic spelling. Jaimon Hansu as Kurath. John C. Riley as Christman uh, uh, Day. Glenn Coase as Nova Prime. And Benicio Del Toro as The Collector. Um, it's, it's fun to mention. I have it in my notes later when they appear on screen. It tickles me that both John C. Riley and Glenn Close are part of the MCU. Yeah, it's a little bananas. It's like I I I'm curious. I mean I, I mean I know how they ended up. He's the the man is just deranged. You never know what he's gonna do. His, his mind is just so beautifully deranged that you don't know who he's gonna put in this fucking. He just he go, he's like just foaming at the mouth and he just goes to Glenn Close. <laughs> we were talking about it last week how we're both not really on board with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow being in the MCU. I'm sure he was just like he was in the writers' room that day. Like he just walked by to like bring somebody lunch. 
and they're mm-hmm. like, man, we need someone to play Pepper. And he's like, we're going to Pepper. Like, who the fuck was that? Like, I don't know, some deranged guy that keeps getting in. He's like, he, and he just runs off down the uh, down the hallway. His unstrapped uh, uh, straight jacket, the, the sleeves just flailing behind him as he runs. <laughs> he's um, very like he runs like Doctor Zoidberg on uh, a <laughs> <on yeah>. future. <laughs> uh, so let's get uh, in the mood. <laughs> if you're listening to this, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, this might be. So we all know what you guys are going to be listening to tonight. Fuck that Super Bowl. Um, Adam, you know what I, we had for lunch? Mm. Uh, soup in a bowl. Oh, yeah? I had yeah. soup, I had soup for, for lunch, too. So you had soup, S-O-U-P-E-R, bowl for lunch as well. Yeah. Um, uh, my first note's about how she gives him the tape, or he has the tape. He's listening to the tape. I mean, she gives him the oh, tape. My first, my first note is, um, I, like to, I like to always note, like... Um, on-screen title card. So my first note is Earth 1988. Um, um, at this which point, sets how... the tone for... Like, I feel like that that alone right there sets the tone for the rest of this movie because the rest of the movie just has like a very like... And I think just James Gunn and very fucking like 80s motif to him. Um, at this point in, in time, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you'll know that we might need to uh, uh, ask a friend of the show, uh, Paul. He might have a better idea. At this point, if you're making somebody a mixtape, how are you doing? You're taping it off of vinyls, probably, right? I would assume so. Uh, it's too early, I think, for CDs. Like, what what year does the the Wedding Singer take place? Eighty five. I don't know. Because they get a CD. Uh, uh, you get the CD. They get a C, You get the CD player, but I don't think like at that point they're not like readily no. available. I mean, this is three years later, so it might have integrated. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but I think I think I think at this point, like. I don't see that's the thing. Like, I I think I, I don't think like I feel like CD. I don't know. What, well, like you said, we it would probably be beneficial to ask Paul, but like I feel like CDs didn't really become like the mainstay until like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels right. Back when they came in big cardboard boxes. Do you know why they came in big cardboard boxes when they first came out? No, I just found I forget what I was watching that I, that I this uh, this fact was part of it. Uh, it was twofold. Made them harder to steal, mm-hmm. and also it made it so that the um, record stores can continue using the racks that they had for vinyls. Oh, uh, makes sense. Because um, I think if you put two like CDs next to each other, it would be the size of a, of a vinyl of record. Or close to yeah. um, I was very confused when the grandfather comes out and gets them when he's sitting out alone. Because the mm-hmm. grandfather looks like they put old guy makeup on him to age him up, as if like later we were going to see the the younger version of him. I think he just looks like that. Yeah. Um, um, real quick, I um I miss I miss Walkman. I remember we I remember having a Walkman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I a very I remember a very specific um instance of using the Walkman where um. I believe it was right after dad had his heart attack. It was in like 98 when dad had his heart attack and um, friend of the podcast, Skip Weiss. Um, and we did the, we did the heart walk. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, friend of the podcast, Paul gave me a cassette copy of Fugazi's red medicine. 
And I remember listening to Red Medicine on the Walkman during the heart walk, but the no, batteries it, on my Walkman were dying. So, like, I don't know if you've ever listened to a Walkman while the batteries are dying. But yeah. It starts to slow and everything sounds demonic. Um, refresh my memory. The Red Medicine, is that the one that makes you wake up in the Matrix or the one that makes you wake up in the real world? It's actually the one that vaccinates you against the deranged uh, oh, of yeah, it seems like I need to go. It seems like I gotta give Fugazi a call. Yeah, that's see, that's why I've listened to Red Medicine by Fugazi, and you haven't. John Hannigan texted me back. He said, "Yes, at one point in the comics, Jane does take up the mantle of Thor." Thank, thank him for me. Um, I uh, I wrote that this is the first reported on-screen death by a character of dying from not having her hand held. <laughs> I, I have to assume that's what killed her. Yeah. Um, uh, was this hospital in a field? Yeah. Because he runs out, and all of a sudden, he's in the middle of a field. No one's around. It's the There's only one patient at this hospital. And she just died, so now this hospital's screwed because they don't have anything yeah. to do. Um, um, actually, uh, John Hagen also sent me a picture of Jane as Thor, and she looks kind of badass. Um, I have a note. The um, uh, so Zach and talked about. Um, we talked at the Zach had talked about at great length, and I've talked about a little bit the show Yellow Jackets. Um, the girl who plays um, young Juliet Lewis in the show has the exact same headphones as Peter does. Oh. She also uh, popped up. We're getting. She's getting a lot of play. Yeah. Um, this week, she also pops up in um, uh, Boba Fett, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. season three. Um, yeah. Um, uh, this is more like it, Marvel uh, bumper wise, the the opening bumper, like where because uh, it's a, this is a cold open, and then we get the uh, yeah Marvel crowd. This is more like last week. It just went like oh Marvel. And now this one, we get a little bit of a show. Um, oh, I, before I want to touch real quick, um, pun intended on touch real quick. Um, you had mentioned that this is the first uh, instance of an on-screen death from not holding someone's hand. Um, I just have a note that Peter not taking her hand is going to haunt him later on. <laughs> it's a robot. Yeah. Um, um, I like, I, so now we're on Morag? Is that what's No, called? no, I, I have one more note before we leave her. Um uh, I in fact my this note actually is kind of why I rewatched Guardians 2 because I don't remember why he gets abduct, abducted. Um and it's explained in Guardians 2 why he got abducted. Um so well, they mentioned this they, oh, no, no. they they mentioned in this one that they were picking him up to take to his father. Oh really? Yeah, they mentioned it later. Like uh the uh the the the, the, the demented sibling mind of uh, what's his name? What's his brother's name? Um, Steve Zahn. No, Adam, that's not it. That's Steve. That's uh, Mikey Zahn's brother. I'm talking about James Gunn's brother. Um, he's in this uh, movie. Yeah, he's also said. yes. I was about to reference a line he has in this movie. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. He's in this movie, so I'm just looking through the <clears throat> the cast credits. He also uh, is Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. He's also a friend of the show because he. Uh, and this, he he's the on-set stand-in for Rocket, yeah, um, and the the Ravager that he plays. But he also played Weasel. 
Yeah, in, he played uh, Weasel in in the Suicide Squad. That's right. Um, but he says something about like uh, it's like uh, so I forget exactly that, but mentions like uh, like uh, like you've always had a soft spot since he kept him instead of taking him to his father, like we were paid to do. Oh yeah, that's right. They do say that in this. Um, well, while you're wrangling them, um, uh, my next note is, uh, again, a, an on-screen title credit of Morag, Abandoned Planet, and then there's like a bunch of numbers and letters that I didn't feel like typing out that just seemed like nonsense. Um, uh, we, we started to see a bunch of interesting gadgets, like a machine that sees past dogs. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you, um, uh, I, I have a question about his helmet. Um, why? What good is it really if it doesn't cover the top of his head? Um, I think it's more just for breathing. Um, John Hannigan said, Guardians is probably my favorite MCU film. It has a ton of heart along with humor, best soundtrack hands down, and like the movie on paper, should not work as well as it does. Uh, do me a favor, write this to him. Um, John, you were on last month. You're not a guest this month, this week. Leave us alone. Hey, wait, John, I'm reading your text on air. Wait, I said sir instead of air. Zach says, you had your moment to shine. <laughs> um, what, the, well, I just want to talk about the Star Lord costume in general. Okay. Um, it's kind of badass. Um, well, I mean, it's it's basically a Ravager outfit. Because the yeah. Ravagers, we'll find out later, are very, um, very strict about uniforms to the point where they make sure to give Gamora and Drax and Rocket little, like, various yeah. shaped Ravager uniforms because they're working with them. It's like, you're working with us, you gotta dress, you gotta dress the part. Um, like, uh, that is a shamrock. Yeah. Yes. Can I have it? Um, they have, but they had a lady size, which is nice. Even though I don't see any lady ravagers. There are uh, some that are. There are some that are petite, though. Um, it's just a box. I don't know. Uh, what do you think the double A battery situation is in space? Uh, probably. Shitty. I would assume he's somehow he's figured out somehow to convert it. You think? Um. I don't, would he would he risk you think, he like he would have to be pretty confident. Betty, go play. Okay. It's an elephant, yeah, you got it. Uh he would have to be pretty confident that he knew what he was doing because you have risk him losing it all together. Yeah. Um uh where are we now? Oh, no wonder this place uh, abandoned. Everything is trying to eat you. Yeah. Um, John says, uh, but yeah, Jane Thor became unworthy. Thor became unworthy of Milnor, and Jane started wielding it. And whoever shall lift this hammer off be worthy. Have be the, will have the power of Thor. And then that, he said, "Hi, Zach." <laughs> oh, Thor said, "Hey, bit." Um, yeah. uh, oh, but, but you were talking about his helmet not covering his head. I think it's yeah. funny because, like in in Iron Man, no, not in Iron Man three in. Um, uh, in what's it called? Um, which of the fucking in Endgame, not Endgame, in Infinity War. In Infinity War, um, the 
he in Infinity War, you, we see Tony's like nanotechnology suit for the first time. And it seems like Star-Lord had that type of technology way before Tony ever did. Uh, well, he's from space. That's true. Uh, they got all kinds of things out in space. They got they got machines that show us uh, dogs of future's past. Um, um, it's it, it's all just Fry's dog from Futurama. Yeah. Um, we get the uh, uh, we get we get come and get your love by Redbone. Yeah, I was trying to fit come and get your love into one of the intros, like so, like like uh, like my co-host this week is going to come and get your love, ladies, yeah. like that. Um, uh, what good is a shield around something if there's a gadget that just sucks it right out? I mean, I'm sure, like, I mean, I'm sure realistically, like, the thing that he uses to suck it out of the the the, the housing didn't exist when, you know, like, what good I think is it's technology? Yeah, like, what good is like, you know, what good is a suit of armor when we have armor piercing bullets? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have. They, we didn't, you know, you know what I mean? We didn't have, you know, that, that t- the type of technology kind of outdates the, the older shit. Um, so I, I would assume that maybe the thing that um, he, and it doesn't seem like, it's, this is the only instance in which the, that device is used to grab something that's not a person. Is this the same thing that he uses to suck everybody into, like, like, because I like that when he throws he throws a gadget at, at the group of guys and it sucks everybody into the pile. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing that he uses. Um, take your word for it. I like. Um, I really like this. When I was watching, when I was watching the uh, Guardian, the, the scene of him dancing to "Come and Get Your Love" um, really made me want to watch Endgame because there's the scene where um, uh, Don Cheadle and Nebula are on what's Don Shiddle's name? Rhodes. When Rhodes and Nebula are on um Morag getting the stone mm. and they're like ducked behind a rock and you see Peter dancing in front of them and like Don Shiddle's just like oh so he's like an idiot and she's like yeah like <laughs> um it just maybe it made me want to see that um and then oh I just have a note that they don't die they'll feed you to the lions they're worth more than we are <laughs> um because that's the old, that's my yes. only point of reference for that guy. What else like, is that I guy? He's in a bunch of other stuff, but in my head, he's the guy from Gladiator. Um, you know what he was in that I, I, I like for some reason it's stuck in my head now instead of Gladiator. Uh, you remember that show Wayward Pines? It was on Fox yeah. for a couple seasons. He was in the second season of that. He was also in a uh, Constantine. He was. He was a uh, uh, Midnight, bad, big bad voodoo daddy, right? That was his name. Yeah, exactly. Um. Uh, racist uh i love the i i have i think i have just a bunch of notes of like funny things that they say in the movie and the thing one of the things that always gets me is when um dude from gladiator shows up and he has like (coughs) the henchman with him and the one henchman keeps poking um the one henchman keeps like nudging uh chris pratt with his gun and he just tells him ninja turtles stop poking me And it makes me crack up hysterically because I'm like, what? And then I look at him I'm like, oh, shit. He kind of does look like – he looks like – I mean, which is weird because Quill left Earth in 1988. But he kind of looks like the 1990s live-action Ninja Turtle costume. Uh, well, he would have had access to the, the cartoon. It's true. Um, and there's some instances in, in here where, like, 
like he makes references to things and then people seem to get it when they shouldn't be able to have gotten it. I can't think of a specific one. I, I'm sure it'll come up in my, my notes later, but like he'll make a reference to some 80s earth thing and people are like, right, I know. I feel like I feel like not even like not even something as um as specific as like a pop culture as like an eighties pop culture reference. At one point he makes a Jackson Pollock reference. Oh, that's it. That's my exact and one and was... everybody seems to understand what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, like Jackson Pollock is that big, uh, famous of an artist that his his uh, uh his paintings have tra- have, have, have uh, spread pe- through the universe. Everyone loves they everyone went and saw the Ed Harris movie. Yeah, um, I think that was Ed Harris, right? Wait, so. what movie? Pollock, starring Ed Harris, I think, where he played Jackson po- Pollock. Possibly, I can't remember. Um, I um, I like the gag of um of him forgetting that the girl is on his ship. Um, I think they're playing fast and loose with the idea, like they, you got a bunch of different colored people, but all their coochies are in the right place. You know what I mean? So yeah. Oh. My- <laughs> I I haven't I was telling Alex about this the other day. I was taking a note and um I was like I feel like I have a couple notes that I specifically refer to James Gunn having a beautifully deranged mind. I was like, is that a retro tape deck built into a super futuristic future future fuck super futuristic spaceship? That beautifully demented mind of James Gunn did it again. God damn it. Um, um yeah yeah I guess now but, thinking about it, if he's able to build a tape deck into a spaceship. He probably has figured out some alternate... You're, you're right. He's yeah. probably figured out some alternate uh, energy source. Um, his, but talking... Uh, going, going back to what you just said about like people being different colors. This movie has a... This movie takes... A, like a, a, there's a, This movie takes a lot of attractive girls and just and gives them, them a very unnatural skin color. Uh, like, like this, in person, like Zoe Saldana is a very attractive is a very attractive girl. So what do we do? We kind of like give her super pronounced cheekbones and paint her green. Um, what's your What's your name? That from What's your name that plays Nebula? Um, Karen Gillan. Yeah, she's she, again. She's very attractive. So what do they do? They give her like a half cyborg face and paint her blue. Even the girl, um, in the girl who is on Peter's ship. If you look her up, she's very attractive. And the same as the um. Uh, the collector's assistant. They're all, like all. They're just like they're just like. Let's get a bunch of hot girls. Yeah, it's like just, like change their color to something very strange that would not have happened in in nature. And it's then literally see that they see if they're still hot. It's literally like in this entire universe. Uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Sean Gunn, um, John C. Riley, and uh, Sean's roommate from Shaun of the Dead are the only white people. And then everybody else is. It's like The Simpsons, where like there's like like one like they're all we're Doug. It's like Doug. Yeah. Doug uh, like everyone's like Doug. Like fucking Rogers green and Skeeter's blue, and there's like a purple chick, but Doug is white for some reason. Yeah. Um, all the Patty's kind of orange. I always took it as just Patty with tan. Uh, yeah, she gets a she, like she's she got a membership to a tanning salon, I assume. Yeah. Uh, in Buffington, um, Buffington are... tan and and. I don't know. I don't know what I was about to come up for some reason. They in my mind they needed to offer some other service. <laughs> so I was trying to think. But no, it could just be a tanning salon. It doesn't have to Yeah. Um uh, we we're or... introduced to uh to Michael Rooker's character of Yandu. Michael mm-hmm. Rooker has permanently solidified himself as being able to attend every Comic Con from here on out. <laughs> because yeah. I mean he was he was in um, 
directed by James Gunn. He was directed Slither, which is very popular amongst that crowd. Um, I've never personally seen Slither, but I hear good things about it. Uh, I'm not sure I know what it is. It's like a, it's like a, it's supposed to be like a, like a, like a body horror kind of comedy, like body horror movie, but like it's kind of comedic. Does he turn into a snake? No, they're like, it's like slugs. Oh, they also slither. Actually, there's a little Easter egg, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, regarding the movie Slither. Um, but Michael Rooker was in that. He played Merle on the wall in The Walking Dead. Mm. He played Yondu in this. He played Savant in the Suicide Squad. And I feel like he has another um, like comic book related property under his belt. Uh, but, nothing's jumping to mind. Are you, did you mention Slither? Yes. Okay. Then yeah, nothing's coming to mind. Um, I mean, I guess you could maybe also consider like Mallrats because that's that like that whole. Um, Seen, like, it, it, but like that's that's a stretch. Um, Mallrats and Slither are kind of a stretch, but he's got Walking Dead, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. he's just permanently cemented himself in a panel on at Comic Con from like here that's, on out forever. That's how you do it, man. You gotta you gotta think about your future earnings. Yeah. Um, I have uh, the next my next on screen. Um, my next on-screen uh, title card is the Dark Aster, which is a Kree warship. Um, which it kind of looks badass. Like a, a lot of the Rodin stuff looks badass. Like I like, like even is like when he sledgehammers a guy to death, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um. um the whole the whole makeup and like the yeah, he's he's a cool looking guy. He's yeah. I don't agree with his politics. No, no, don't agree with his politics at all. Um, um, we have another uh, we have another on screen title card of uh, Xandar, capital of Nova Prime, um, where Quill is attempting to sell the orb to. Yeah, there's a big big orb market. Yeah, this, uh, everybody's. I, I I forget the name of the guy he's selling it to, but he tells him that he's got the be- the best eyebrows in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Quill has a lot of fun gadgets. We kind of talked about it already. Um, but he's got like the days of future past dog machine. He's got like the thing that sucks people down into a pile. He's got like this weird like electric rope that he ties up. Like he throws at he throws at Gamora and ties her up. Like he just got a I lot like, of cool shit. I like how uh, Gamora's um, plan apparently to get the orb off of uh, Quill was just to kick him and then run away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it was working. Like, <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for Rocket, it probably would have worked. Oh, so I so Gamora is a bad guy. Uh, at the at the beginning of this movie, well, she well, if she's she'll, she'll tell you no that she was planning. She's well, she was she was aligning herself with a bad guy to potentially take down the bad guy from the inside. How about hmm. that? Well, but no, because that's not how she originally was aligned with him. What do you mean? Or, or, who are you talk about? Relying with Ronan? Well, with Thanos, Thanos, Ronan and Thanos. Well, yeah, she aligned. She's, but I would say she's not. She didn't align. That wasn't like the reason she's aligned with Thanos was to. No. But like at this point, she that that's her goal. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, yeah. She she would say, and then her aligning with Ronan is on orders of Thanos, I guess. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is, she when they get to the prison. Um, like all the prisoners, the, and I think Rocket says that like a lot of people, um, mm. 
a lot of people are like are mad at her because like shit that her and Thanos have done. Um, so I have to assume that Gamora also has a bounty on her head. Mm, so when Groot picks her up, when Groot picks her up instead of Quill by mistake, it's probably also going to get them a, a decent amount of money if they turned her in. You know what I? I don't know. It's it, it, you would think that there's somebody out there who would have put a bounty on her head, but like, uh, it's a pencil. Uh, but like, I don't know. They, they never mention it, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, Adam, I don't know. We are get off my ass about this bounty thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. We are introduced to uh, John C. Riley's character and uh, Nova headquarters. And we are shown that John C. Riley's character is only in this movie for exposition. Well, he's not going to do much else. Yeah, um, I do. It's not I like, do like, it's not like the, we've got um, action star John C. Riley. Yeah, I like. I do like um, when he's like running down the whole like team and like what they are, like who they are and stuff. I mm-hmm. love. It's. I think it's actually in the. Um, Trailer. In the trailer, where, where yeah, this is my, my favorite bit, the, uh, the 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 winding up, the yeah, the the cranking up his middle finger, and he's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know how this machine worked." <laughs> yeah, that's my um, favorite bit in the movie, I think. And I think we we also get the line, which I believe is also in the credits, is uh, "What a bunch of a holes." Um, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I like that John C. Riley describes um, uh, describes Groot as Rocket's personal houseplant and muscle. <laughs> Um, oh, here's another you... thing that I don't get. When they're when he's doing the whole like lineup thing, mm-hmm. um, he he specifically like mentions Gamora as daughter to the Mad Titan Thanos. So right. like these motherfuckers know Thanos exists, but they're not doing anything about it. Well, I mean, they know Ronan exists, and they're not doing anything about it. Really, they're like it's not. No, it seems like they're actively trying to do something about Ronan though. It seems like they they just don't care about Thanos, or maybe they just don't think they there's anything they can do. I mean, even Steve Rogers had trouble. I mean, if Steve yeah. Rogers has trouble, um, um, yeah. Let me tell you, um, one of my favorite types of cookies in the world are you know when you go to like around like the holidays, you go to the supermarket and they have the Pillsbury like. I guess they're like sugar cookies, but they have like the different the shapes in them. inside. Yeah. They're like my favorite fucking cookies. I'm eating one right now. What shape you got? Heart? Yeah, hearts. Nice. Um, I like that Rocket doesn't know what a raccoon is. Yeah, I'm confi- I, I wish we get... Do we get more backstory in the second movie about... Because Not I really. like... Uh, uh, another thing about... Uh, uh, Rocket, uh, not specifically within the story. I just, it, I, I would like to see a video of Bradley Cooper recording Rocket dialogue because I can't put the voice that he's doing with the face because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a, a strikingly handsome voice, but it, it belongs to a devastatingly handsome, a beautifully derangedly handsome face. We'll talk about how handsome Bradley Cooper is in the What Are You Watching? Yeah. Um, but um, I know I've seen videos of Bradley Cooper. Um, doing voice work for for Rocket. Yeah, just there's just a disconnect in my mind between. Yeah. Uh, I like when Peter, uh, like Groot, just keeps saying "I am Groot" as he does, and Peter asks, "What's wrong with the Giving Tree?" Yeah. 
Uh, I have a question about uh, the various sizes of a prison uniform. Like it's the same thing with the the Ravagers kind of thing. Like they have they have to have like just crazy amounts of varieties of sizes and shapes of prison uniform. But Groot to accommodate one. Groot doesn't get one, no. But no. like to accommodate all like the different alien species and stuff, like yeah. Um, we have a. Uh... Before we move on, we have a hook on a feeling by Blue Swede. Um, uh, that was another thing from the trailer that I always enjoyed. Swede or Swede? I say he said he says Swede in the movie. I think yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, um, yeah, but I, there's the there's the other uh, cue in the um, in the trailer that I always enjoyed when um, uh, he gets there's like a bunch of hits and it's perfectly timed to like the doom doom of the song. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Off the top of my head, hmm. um, let's talk about Jackass Chris Pratt. Yeah, this is it. Was I remember when this movie came out? That's like that. That was all over the internet. It was just like pictures of him as Andy Dwyer next to pictures of him as Star Lord. Didn't he originally get in shape for Moneyball? No, I think what he originally got in shape for was um, Zero Dark Thirty. Hmm. And I think that's what it was. They were like, "Oh, we should hire Chris Pratt as Star Lord," and they were like, "I don't know," like because they like they knew Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer, right? So they were like, "Oh, we need, you know, we need someone who's like, you know, we need someone who's got that like superhero physique." And they showed whoever said that Zero Dark Thirty, and they were like, "Oh fuck, he can get Jack." Mm. Oh, oh, he can get it. Yeah, he can get it. Like I remember always seeing like when this movie first came out. Like I remember the picture. Um, it was just like a, it was a picture of Andy Dwyer wearing like American flag underwear, like doing a lunge. Mm-hmm. And then next to it was the picture of Chris Pratt, like when they're hosing him down with the orange shit. And he's just like, oh, like kind of have like an orange tint to him. And he's like soaking wet and he's like muscular as fuck. Adam, Those were the two pictures you always see when you find it, when you look at that stuff. You're making me sweaty over here. I know, Your descriptions. right? Um. Uh, oh yeah, I was just, my 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 next note was I remember when the movie coming out, the internet was just pictures of him in the jail looking jacked as fuck. Um, Gamora is gonna get raped and murdered, probably not mm-hmm. in that order in this prison. Yeah, but then uh, Drax, who lost his lovely wife Ovette and his daughter Camaria, which are both lovely names. Yes. Um. Uh. uh I, I like what he's like. Why would I put my finger to his throat? <laughs> um, uh, Drax oh, is quick, fun. It's weird that they sleep in a pile. Yeah, why do some people have individual cells and then like there's also just a big sleep pile? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I also have the note of uh, of why would I drag my fingers across this throat? It's like no, it's a it's a, it's a metaphor. <laughs> well, I like he checks with the prisoner. He goes, you you know that right? He's, he's like, like, you yeah, get yeah. it right. He's like, yeah. yeah. Um. um I like uh, Rocket's plan. Rocket has this running motif, um, running joke that he always needs somebody's prosthetic limb or body part mm-hmm. of some sort. Um, it starts off with he needs the security band, the pros- the guy's prosthetic leg, and the the batteries from the the box on the watchtower. Um, uh, and I mean, like throughout the course of the movie, throughout the course of the series, he. Wants that guy's leg. He wants, he wants a, a ravager's eye later on. He wants a, he wants a ravager's eye. I think he 
at, at a certain point, oh, in um, uh, in Infinity, I think it's Infinity War. Yeah, it's an Infinity War. Um, he gives Thor an eye that he took from somebody. In Infinity War, he asks um, Bucky how much for his gun, and Bucky tells him it's not for sale. And then he asks him how much for the arm. Um, he's just. I, what, if, what if it's just like his? He's got. It's his kink. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really into. The, that's how he gets off. Um, I mean, he's a, a talking a, an anthropomorphic raccoon that shoots people. Like it, it just as likely it's, it's his kink is is uh, prosthetics as it is anything else. Um, oh, when yeah. Drax calls Rocket a creepy little beast, um, I love the shot of like so like you hear Rocket like telling his plan and like all the stuff that he needs and he's like oh we need to get the batteries last because when we do it's going to go into like shit show mode and like while he's talking you just see Gru in the yeah, background in the taking the batteries um, so everything kind of kicks into overdrive and like Gamora's like I'll get the security band Quill's like I'll get the, the guy's leg and there's a shot of the dude sitting on his bed and Quill just kind of like leaning up against the wall and the guy's like, so you need my leg? Um, I like how, even though it's a joke, and now they're in crisis mode, um, Rocket still allows the the, the uh, joke about the leg to proceed. He's like, oh, yeah. we got to move fast. Like, we, we don't have any time to waste. I'm still going to let Quill, like, yeah. go get that leg for the joke. Um, I like when Drax, uh, like, Peter goes back um, to, like, he goes... He, he's like, oh, I have to go back, and he comes in, and he like, uh, he, comes, he gets back on the ship, and Jack is talking about like how heroic he is, and like he's complimenting him, and then he realized that he went back for the Walkman, and he calls him like an idiot or something like that. Mm. Um, and I this don't is like also the guy... where we get the joke of the if you blacklight the place, you would look, it would look like a Jackson Pollock painting. I do, I don't like the guy who is who Cole uh, has to get the Walkman back from. I don't like his eyes. Yeah, he's got bug eyes. He's got some sort of thyroid problem. Yeah, um, um, we get the uh, we get the untitled credits. Uh, we get the untitled card of uh, nowhere. K N O W H. I forgot about the the the, the title credit. The, the, the uh, what do you what do you call them? The cards. The title the card. Yeah, title cards. Uh, so when I'm watching it with uh, 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 subtitles on, and she goes, "We need to go to nowhere," and it's spelled that way, and I was like, "It's like." Is it going to come up that that's how it's spelled, or are we just supposed yeah. to? But then, of course, the title card comes up next, which I had forgotten about. But um, uh, we get the uh, line from a we get a line from Chris Pratt. It says, uh, "I come from a planet of outlaws: Billy the Kid, Bonnie and Clyde, John Stamos." And I'm like, "Oh, that beautifully deranged James Gunn! There he is again, okay, showing his showing his face." Mentioning uh, Stamos getting me all sweaty again. There's a, there's a lot making me sweaty in this yeah. this movie. Jack just, a of, just a mere mention of John Stamos's name. John Stamos. Let's be all bothered. Um, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> uh, big, big old trees. Mm. God. Anyway, um, where are I we? Like the, I like the line, uh, there's a legend about people, there's a legend about people like you called Footloose, where he's telling Gamora, because like Gamora says she doesn't dance. Mm-hmm. Um, she refers to... Um, the, when there's the scene where they're listening to Peter's headphones and like they're leaning in for the kiss and like she I think she pulls a gun on him or no she pulls a knife on him nice. and she says something about his pelvic sorcery 
I haven't noticed this public source or anything. Yeah. Um, um, we're we're introduced uh, to to friend of the why I don't even remember why he's a friend of the podcast, but we're introduced to friend of the podcast Benicio del Toro. What is he in? Um, I don't remember, but we talked about Spice Benicio del Toro. World. Huh? Spice World. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, huh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't remember what we've covered that Benicio del Toro is in. But I know that I kept saying Benicio del Toro, and you gave me mm-hmm. shit about it. Fuck, I'm going to have to scroll through my notes. Thanks, Adam. Like, I don't have I'm enough sorry. to do. Um, it's, yeah, I, I can't remember at all what the fuck he was in. Uh, no, and I'm, I just, not, I, I'm scared of stupid. I just know for a fact that he's a friend of the podcast. Uh, not Willy Wonka. No. Not Baby Geniuses. No. Maybe he was in Baby Geniuses too, but... Uh, not Singing in the Rain. No. Uh, not Friday. <laughs> he was in Friday After Next. Uh, no, he was in... Uh, yeah, Friday After Next. I was, you, you, you beat me to it. Uh, God, I'm, I'm getting pretty far back. I don't, he, did he play lots of Hug Bear in Toy Story 3? That's probably it, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all the way back at like oh, Sin City. Oh, that's right. He was in Sin City. Yeah, I forgot that we covered Sin City. That was way back. Yeah, that was like, like that was like that was like episode like eight or nine. Like I was I was still uh, at my old house because I that, that was before um, D two, and I remember sitting in the kids' room at the old house doing D two. Um, yeah. Like that was definitely. That was definitely like first fifteen episodes, right? It may yeah. have been full of digits. No, because it, it was it was after Clue. And Clue was number ten. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, because um, that was the first um, first live one. Here, um, I have a question. When they are oh the Easter egg I was talking about when we get to the collector, um, in one of his containers that he has like something collected in, you can see the slugs from Slither. Um, crawling up uh, one of the containers. Also in, uh, uh, also in one of the, the containers, you can see the inspiration for my new indie band, Russian Space Dog. Yeah, I forget what the what the deal with that dog is, but that dog is like a character in the Marvel comics. Um, also in one of the containers, you can see um, he has one of the dark elves from Thor: The Dark World uh. in, the, in the container. Um, also, I, I can't remember if it's like I can't remember if you see it in like the end credit sequence or if you see it now, but you see a a weird cocoon thing that people um, theorized was um, a reference to a Marvel character named Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen. I remember reading something about this a while ago. And then we're also we it's it's more than just a, a little Easter egg. It's blatantly mentioned in Guardians Two, um, the gold people who they they do work for. Um, they I think they're creating Adam Warlock or a, a new ver. I don't know, but um, I don't I don't I don't know what his character's name is. I mean I don't know what it's like if he has like a superhero name or if his name is literally just Adam Warlock. I think it's Adam Warlock. Yeah, but I um, think he's like a I think he's like a meant to be like an antagonist of the Guardian. So I think I've heard he's supposed to be like the main antagonist of of uh, Volume Three. 
Here, here's a, an interesting thing about this movie, considering, like we were talking earlier, it was a bit of a, like a departure from the other things, a little bit of experiment um, with the tone and stuff. Uh, so no real, you know, like, no real guarantee that it was going to be successful. Um, mm. And they used this movie to introduce a gigantic concept for the, the, the universe at large with the like this is the first time we really get into uh, the uh, what's it called the um, uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah. Like we've seen we see things in other movies, but this is like the first time I feel like where it's really broken down as to what these things are. Which stone yeah. is this? I can never remember. I I have a very hard time remembering what any of the stones are. Um. Real quick, I just looked it up, and um, for, uh, I looked up uh, James Gunn's um, directing uh, or writing credits um, for Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Adam Warlock is in the movie, and Will. I, how do you pronounce his last name? Will Poulter. Yeah, I think so. The, you know, what I'm talking about that he was in. Um, he was in. Yeah, Batman I like him. Um, I like Will Poulter is playing uh, Adam Warlock in Guardians Three. Um, which I I'm gonna Google a picture of um, the Infinity Stones because the only one who I can remember the color of is the green one, which is the Time Stone. Well, which one's in, in Vision Ten? Huh? Pink one? Which one's in Vision The yellow. All right. So the blue one. There's the blue one, which is the Space Stone. The yellow one, one, which is the one in Vision's head, which is the Mind Stone. Mind Stone, yeah. There's the Reality Stone, which is the one from Thor the Dark World. There's the Power Stone, which is the one inside the orb. There's the Time Stone, which Doctor Strange has, and then there's the Soul Stone. So the The one in the orb is the Power Stone. The Soul Stone, of course, is is possessed by James Brown. Exactly, yeah. Um... (laughs) fucking hate you um oh look at this here's a little thing um so the space gem <laughs> here's a thing a little tiny yeah. thing no this is this is a it's a little thing that shows where all the stones are in um like where they're hiding in in the mcu basically so the space gem is what's inside the tesseract the soul stone isn't really hiding in anything it's just kind of hiding in its normal hiding space um the reality gem is the thing that um, Natalie Portman gets like infused with in Thor: The Dark World. The time gem is in Doctor Strange's necklace. The power gem is in the orb that Star Lord steals, and then the mind gem is the in the stone that's in um, Loki's scepter in uh, uh, the Avengers. Hey, Adam, you want to hear a terrible joke? Go ahead. You know where the you know where they're keeping the space gem? Where? In Looney Tunes land? <laughs> I fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> you see that because it sounds like Space Jam? I, oh, I get Oh, I got it, Zach. Don't, don't worry. Um, when when they're in with the collector and, like, they open up the thing and he tells them the story of, like, the, the, uh, the Trinity Stones, his... Um, his assistant like grabs it. Now is his assistant grabbing it to use it like against him? Or is she just like trying to kill herself? No, I think she was gonna use it against him. Okay. Um 
when they get out of the um the collector's um place uh rocket says is like i can't believe you were carrying that around inside your purse to which we it's not a purse it's a knapsack um which i think is also like almost like word for word a joke from the hangover oh no in the hangover it's not a, it's a satchel it's not a purse it's a satchel indiana jones mm-hmm. carried one um uh, I like the ships that they fly around that they use for like mining because like they have like weird like hands on them. Like at one point, like P- someone I don't remember if it's Peter or if it's Rocket, but one of them like rips open the back of one of the ships that are attacking them and basically like reaches in with the hands of their ship to mm. control that. Um, yeah, hands of a ship driving another ship. I enjoyed. Yeah, um, um, I like the fact that if you in 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 movies, if you can fly any type of craft whatsoever plane spaceship whatever you can if you can fly one you can fly all of them which i guarantee you is not the real case you don't know like i i like i there's i'm guarantee you like if you can fly a single prop propeller engine a single prop plane you can't fly a fucking 747 like i'm sure the principles are there but i'm sure it's a it's a lot more than just you know like then i'm sure it's a, it's a lot more involved than um you would think it is. I got a lot of vibes in this scene where they're racing this thing with the, the scene from uh, Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, not Clone Wars, uh, Attack of the Clones, where they're flying around that city after they're, they're trying to catch the assassin. Oh, the, like the speeder bike chase, the, the speeder chase, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I like uh, I like the line, boo hoo, wife, my wife and child are dead. Everyone has dead people. It's not an excuse to make everyone else dead along the way. Um, is this after Drax fights Ronan? Um, yes. Because Ronan has major bison from the Street Fighter movie vibes in this scene. Yeah. When when Drax is like, uh, like, killed my wife, it goes, I don't remember. Like, the same, because you remember the famous line from Street Fighter, right? Where uh, uh, Chun-Li is like, yeah, you, you came into my village and killed my family. It goes, for you, the day that, that, uh, Bison came to your village was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so we should cover Ronan's Street Fighter. Some... Yeah, I, it would have been perfect for a theme for a month bummer. coming up. For... Yeah. But, um, but that, one, we that also, one's got like more of a strict uh, theme. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, we also get a variant of that line in um, Endgame where um, Scarlet Witch confronts Thanos, and she's like, you took everything from me that I ever loved, and he's like, I don't even know who you are. Normal people don't even think about eating people. I love, like, that's the thing. Like, they're always, like, he's always rubbing it in his face that, like, the rest of the crew wanted to eat him. When Groot revives Drax, does he just straight up stab him in the chest with a branch and then I think I think yeah I think he basically like he does like uh like he basically does the same thing that they do to Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction but with a brain. No. No. I forget why I, ha- I forget how when it's said and what how it's said, but someone just goes oh hey girl, what's going on? Uh, it's like a very throwaway line that makes you laugh because it's like there's like something going on and like someone like someone just goes oh hey girl, what's up? Um, I forgot. Oh, it's like, uh, the, it's, I love the exchange between Peter and Drax, 
Where he's like, what was it? He's like, when did we establish it? He's like, three seconds ago. He's like, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drax, Drax like, they look- they lean they lean super heavy on Drax in Volume Two because I think like everyone was like, oh, he's like the funniest fucking, but like his his. He's so weird and goofy and funny. Like they, they leaned really fucking hard on Jack on Drax for comedy in the second one. Yeah, and it's not even just in the second one. He, he's got the uh, the funniest line in, in Infinity War. I have I, or, I, I or have a better yet. Why Gamora? Yeah, like I got one. I got one better for you. Is that Endgame or Infinity War? That's Endgame. It's Infinity right? War because I was just recently I, oh, I right, was right, just right. watching Infinity War yesterday. Um. Uh, we get the uh, we get the yeah, sorry. We get the line. The I'm, I'm, I'm fighting having to go to the bathrooms and trying to find my spot in the lines at the same time in the notes yeah. at the same time. So I'm just we, going uh, uh, a lot. We get the line. Uh, we get the uh, bunch of jackasses staying in a circle line. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I remember reading somewhere that that line was improvised by an animatronic, like by by a raccoon, by an anthropomorphic raccoon. Yeah. Um, I don't... No, I feel like I feel like if, like someone came up with it like on the set. Like it wasn't. That's not how the line was written in the script. But someone came up with it, and originally, like if I remember, like if I remember correctly, someone randomly came up with it, and um, James Gunn didn't like it originally. But then it kind of grew on him. Just, just Wait, like the derangement grew. Now, for some reason, I'm thinking it has something to do with like a, a Make-A-Wish cancer kid. No, that's the Thor Ragnarok line. The, oh, what's the, the Thor? Which one? What? The that's we're, I know him. We're we're friends from work. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that, that was that's great. But yeah, so that that was the cancer kid. Um, Don't call. Me. But um, but if I remember correctly, that the jackass is standing in the circle line was uh, was like made up on set that day. Um, we get a gratuitous shot of Zoe Saldana's ass. Just like it's like, oh, she's got red, she's got red leather pants on. Let's do a close up on her ass real quick. Is this during the ch 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 cherry bomb montage? I think so. Yeah. I think that song is a great like montage song. Yeah, it is. I feel like it, I've seen it used elsewhere too, but like for and that it, reason because it it's a good montage song. And not just like it's not only a good montage song, but it fits like a, a montage of this type of like like quirky eightiesness perfectly. Uh, um I like the the trick that the Nova Corps does, like when they do the barricade where like all the ships join up and they make like a wall. Mm-hmm. Dude, we're like almost done the, I've like almost done my notes and we're only like an hour in. Yeah, we gotta breeze this through this thing, man. It's a Sunday afternoon, we got things to do. Um, oh, um I like uh like oh, also, Zach my what are you watching about. is going to take three and a half hours. That's true. Zach's what what are you watching is quite extensive. Um, I like when Drax is. Uh, should, should, we should. Uh, I was yeah. about to say we should we should make things easier and we should for me we should just do a what am I not watching? Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a Drax talking about how he um, how like everybody on the team were like his friends and like he's talking about like Peter and he's talking about. Rocket and Groot, and he's like, and that green whore is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's my note. I like how the Ravagers are a group of thieves and pirates who have decided on a color scheme to such extent that they give the Guardians Ravager colors too. Yeah, and I like um, how like they make it like I like I just like the fact that like Drax is never wearing a shirt to the point where like he has like a whole outfit in his hand and he just only puts on the pants and the boots. 
Well, I wonder if it has something to do with like his. I don't know if there's tattoos or or just. Yeah, I'm super art. curious about like because like uh, Rocket makes reference to it in this movie that like his people are like super literal and they don't understand like sarcasm or anything like that. Um, um, he say, oh, in fact, he says. Um, sarcasm goes right over their head. He's like, nothing can go over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Um, I would love to see just like a, a short of just like Drax's civilization. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I wonder just, how much of a civilization he has left. I wonder if. That's uh, true. You never see anybody um, like him. Yeah, I'm curious if it's like I've always been curious if like those things are just like the the markings on his body are just like what his race looks like, or, or if it's, if a, it's like a tattoo or, or something. Uh, so maybe maybe he can't cover them up the same way like you know Mandalorians can't take their mask off. Yeah. Drax is like, this is the way. Yeah, this is. Was, which what is the way? I don't know. Really... Because he, you know, he then doesn't understand because he can't, takes everything literal. Anyway. Oh, shit. I want to talk about something specifically with Mandalorian Season 3 um, when we get to we'll, what are you watching, we'll but there. let's continue this movie. Um, uh, we have a... Groot, we have Kamikaze Rocket. Oh, I was about to mention Groot being an absolute savage. Oh, when he's just wrecking shit? Yeah, when like, he, like, he stabs like six people and then... Yeah, he stabs like six people and just like whips them around. Um... Yeah, Kamikaze Rocket. Uh, I have a note here because then we have the group sacrificing himself. We get the we are group. I have a note that says, I just cried for group. We are not ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how long him and Rocket have been together at that point. Um, I'm kind of curious because, like, we see, um, I'd like to see a timeline of time between Guardians 1. Guardians 2 and Infinity War because Guardians ends with Groot being destroyed but them saving like a sapling and then we see like Groot like baby Groot dancing in the pot and then by Guardians 2 we have Groot like baby bait like baby Groot running around causing chaos and shit and then by um uh by excuse me by Infinity War he's like angsty teenage Groot so I'm yeah. super curious on like what the timeline is in between all of the movies. Um, you, want, you want to know how fast a Groot grows? Oh yeah, I want to know how fast a Groot goes. A Groot grows, excuse me. Sounds like there should be some um, tongue twister that inf- involves the word, the phrase "how fast does a Groot grow." <laughs> uh, I remember, uh, if I remember correctly, um, at I think in my store, we sell, um, I think we sell like potted plants that have like a little, like if I, it's like a, it's like a little Groot statue with like, like the, but his head is like a pot you grow stuff out of. Oh. And then I know I've seen, yeah, I've seen Groot Chia Pets. Those are cool. Um, so they, Land on the city. The city. The city's supposed to be been evacuated, but as soon as they come out of the ship, like everyone rushes to them. Like, where? How far yeah. away did they get from the city that they're immediately back? Um. Uh, they say Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I have but, the. Um, I, I'm, I I really like in uh, Cinema Sins when anyone someone says 
the name of the movie. He just goes roll credits. So I just have a note that says roll credits. Uh, they say it twice because I have one. I think Ronan says it and then uh, Peter says it. Um, so, oh no, they, they, they the through the power of friendship, they're able to contain the uh, the what's it called? Oh well, you're Zach. You're you're stepping over, you're stepping over the uh, the dance battle to uh, to save the universe. Um, yeah, I was also I was trying to think of uh, some intro that involved the phrase "I'm distracting you." Yeah, what did what did we call them? Cosmo Big Turd Blossom. Oh yeah, like I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate the the distracting concept. Um, yeah. So they use uh, they, they yeah, all, I, they, I I have a note that also says they contain the power of the stone through the power of love and friendship. Yeah, they kumbaya the stone into submission. It, it reminds um, me of it reminds me of um, the Nightman cometh. Like he's a master of karate and friendship. God, we watched that episode so many times in college. That was that that was the first episode of It's Always Sunny that I ever watched. Oh, man, like, I, I remember I came to visit you up in Westchester, and you and Tim were like, "Yo, have you ever seen the Nightman Cometh?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And you guys are like, "Sit down, get a beer, let's do this." We watched that episode like almost too much. There was um, something else that you guys showed me. It was, it was, it was that episode of "It's Always Sunny," and there was another episode of something else that you guys showed me that I can't remember. It may um, have been the, um, it may have been the episode of Workaholics where they sleep over in the office. Oh, the, the, uh, the Catherine, Catherine Zeta Jones, Dipsy Lasers. Oh, um, uh, that might have been it. Yeah. Um, is that also the one? No, that's not the one where he wears the bear. Costume and this bitch better have my honey. No, I don't. I think that's a different one. Um, we um we find out that um we find um, out that uh, Peter got his nickname of Star Lord from his mom, which is adorable. I was about to say, like, which called was he called Star Lord on Earth too? Like, I well, that confused me. Well, she says it, but we like we all remember like she like she knows that her that his dad is from space. So it's kind of mm-hmm. fitting that she would give him like a space nickname. Um, but uh, Star Lord's a weird one. Yeah. Um, it's like, like, like if you think about it, like I'm, I'm going to give him a space nickname and I'm going to call him Star Lord. Yeah. Exactly. Star Lord. Uh, Very outlaw. Um, we get uh, we get like a like a mid credit sequence of. It's almost group. as if it's it's like a beginning credit sequence. I think it's no, even yeah, before, like, but we get we get Groot dancing in his pot, and like Drax looks over, and um, uh, Groot freezes, and then Drax looks Drax looks away, and he starts dancing it, which is another. They do the same gag in Guardians Two, um, where at some point, like I think it's like in the opening sequence, um, Baby Groot is dancing, and Drax like looks at him, and he stops, and then he looks away, and he keeps dancing, and then he looks back at him, and he stops again. Um. Yeah, but um, and then we get the end credit sequence um of where Howard the Duck, literally played by Seth Green, um, randomly makes like a five second cameo of uh, apparently he was in the collector's um uh, collection. Um, but yeah, like on all, all in all, like Don said, um, this is his favorite MCU movie. This is up there, um. I don't know if I would consider my it my favorite, but it's definitely top five. Like it's definitely, like I said, I watched it and it, I had so much fun rewatching it mm-hmm. that 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw Guardians 2 on like immediately after because I want to I want to watch more of these characters. Yeah, it's definitely not a, it's definitely a, an easy watch. Like there's there's a lot to like so it's, it doesn't feel like a like a slog to get through. Um yeah. There was some legitimate funny stuff in it. Like I said the uh I love the uh the middle finger crank bit and uh Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. But let's have a quick word from our sponsors. All right. So for the top five this week, uh, I came up with – I realized something just now, Adam, while I was uh, looking at my phone. Uh, I decided that uh, in honor of Rocket Raccoon, we were going to do top five pop culture anthropomorphic characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. All of my top five are animals. Um, yeah. They- Necessarily, it doesn't necessarily need to be an animal. Anthropomorphism is assigning, attributing human characters. Oh shit! Wait a second. Just, all of mine were animals as well, but I'm actually gonna. I had I had a top five with an honorable mention. I'm knocking one off of my top five, so now I'm gonna have a top five and two honorable mentions. Okay, because uh, it can't like for instance, most like I said, all of mine are animals, but like the toaster from Brave Little Toaster would technically count as an anthropomorphic. Uh, character because it's assigning human characteristics to an inanimate object in this case a yeah. toaster um yeah. so adam what are your top five anthropomorphic characters um so uh my top five anthropomorphic characters um my first one uh, is kind of a cheat um but i went alvin and the chipmunks all of them all of them uh, i went I, yeah, I went alvin and the chipmunks as a whole and i'm not talking about like the new Alvin and the Chipmunks with Jason Lee. I'm talking like the old oh, cartoons from like the 90s this that is I like in the race. This is like a coup, like in the race draft on Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle Show when they when they draft the entire Wu Tang Clan. Oh, they, they, the what did he say? Is like old dirty bastard is now the, the old dirty the, Chinese restaurant. Yeah, the RZA, the Jizza, the Wu Tang Clan. And there's just a bunch of a bunch of Asian people in the crowd throwing up the Wu Tang. Yeah. Um. I saw a hat the other day that I wanted to buy that just said, like, presidents come and go, but Wu-Tang is forever. I saw a, 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 a lawn sign that said that. Like, it looked like the kind of sign that you would see around presidential elections. Yeah. But it said Wu-Tang is forever, yeah. There's also um, two Wu-Tang-related shirts that I wanted to get. One of them was, uh, it, it had, like, it said, like, it just said, like, Wu-Tang on it. And above uh-huh. it was um, DJ and Stephanie kind of doing like a whatever thing, but it looks like they're doing the Wu Tang. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's uh, another thing me. where, we, huh? Forgive my ignorance because I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't listen to the Wu Tang Clan. I don't know their history. Is Red Man a Wu Tang Clan member? I believe so. I believe Red and Method Man are both Wu Tang Clan members. I think there's a thousand people in the Wu Tang Clan. Well, they're a whole clan. You don't just yeah, like, you don't just a whole have a clan, clan of people. Like, you don't have to have a clan of like three people. Yeah, but I believe Red and Method Man are both. While you're giving your list, I'm going to look it up. But continue, who, um, who you got next? Oh, but the, the other... The other outright, outright just cheated. Yeah, the other Wu-Tang shirt that I wanted was the Wu-Tang W, and below it said Whole Foods. Oh, nice. I thought that was really funny. Um, I'm uh, going to save my controversial one. I'm going to save my controversial one for the end. Um, here, so I have Alvin and the Chipmunks. I have... Um, I have Team Rocket's meow. Okay, let's. Um, I, I have 
Oh, huh? I was gonna say that's kind of a, 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 a weird one because it's. I mean, we did we did talk about uh, mythical creatures and made up creatures earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it through text message. So I guess a made up Pokemon having the ability to speak would count. Uh, keep you keep going because Ben's having a minor freakout. Um, I have uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks team rockets me off. I have Splinter. Of course, we have to include Splinter. Um, the one that I just added when you mentioned all of yours are animals, I added the Brave Little Toaster to my list. Okay. Um, did you do that before I reference? Wait, did you do that before I referenced the Brave Little Toaster? As yeah, you said animal? all of mine are animals, but they could be anything, and I was like, oh fuck, the Brave Little Toaster. And then you said Brave Little Toaster, and I got the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> uh, here's the members of the um, the Wu Tang uh, Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan. I don't know if this is... Oh, yeah. So I'll include... Past members include Old Dirty Bastard, but that's only because he's passed away, I believe. Uh, you got the Rizza, the Jizza, uh, Inspector Deck, You God, Ghostface Killer, Method Man, Raekwon, Master Killer, and Capadonna. So Red Man is not. But so Red Man, Man is. is not, but Method Man is? Yes. Interesting. Um... Did I say Splinter on my list? You just said Splinter was the last one you said. Uh, Spl- oh, no, Splinter and Brave Little Toaster. And then the one that oh, yeah, might be controversial, Abu from Aladdin. Uh, no, yes, he, he's... Again, he, like, he doesn't speak, but that doesn't make it not anamorphic. It just means yeah. uh, he, he doesn't act like... He does do human-like behaviors like coveting jewels. Yeah. Um, uh, um, okay. So, I... The one I had as number um, number five on my list that I knocked off for the brave little toaster was Bluey. Okay. Oh cousin shit! Of you podcast, know cousin of the podcast, Bluey. I think I might um, need to adjust my list. Oh, I definitely do because I remember there was one I couldn't remember that I thought of the other day, and now I just remembered it. So yeah, I'm knocking one off my list. Continue. And now my my final honorable mention, which is something that holds a near and dear place to my heart, Chanticleer from Rockadoodle. Oh, nice. <laughs> I saw a, uh, somebody referencing uh, the, the opening song in Rockadoodle. Uh-huh. Like a list somewhere. Um, you ready for mine? Yeah. All right. I got Nick the Fox from Zootopia. He was on my long list, but I, I booted him. I got Porkchop the Dog from Doug. Solid. I got Fozzie Bear. No. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about including Muppets. I got Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. I, I was I was gonna cons- I was gonna put one of the Ninja Turtle I was gonna put the Ninja Turtles, but I had already done a group with um with Alvin and the Chipmunks, so I was like I'm just gonna go Splinter. Um, the one my honorable mention before I give my last one that I just knocked off for this one was Pauly the Talking Parrot from the movie Pauly. That, that was on my long list. Uh, but my number five is Bandit Bluey's dad. Oh, nice. I like I like Bandit. I like I like uh, what um, he's about. Real quick, I just wanted to mention I have a couple that I, I booted off of my, my long list um, that I wanted to make note of. Um, I had Nick Wild from Zootopia. I had Arthur. The artwork? I had Arthur the artwork. I had Mr. Centipede from James and the Giant Peach. And I thought about James and the Giant Peach. I don't know if you would actually consider this one, which is why I booted him first for my list. Binks from Hocus Pocus. I would I would call foul on Binks probably. That's why see that's why I booted him that's why I booted him right away. He was the first one to go 
when I had to narrow it down. Cause I'm like, I don't know if he hundred percent fits the criteria. So I'm going to kick him out. Um, uh, were you going to include um, what's his name from Hercules? If I had allowed it. If, oh, if you, uh, so originally I texted Zach and asked him if half animal, half people counted. And he said, no. So originally I was going to have Phil from the, See, from the, now, the animated Hercules. There's, there, it's not a flat. No. Now, if there's, there's a character that was like half, half, like, cause what's he half goat, half human. Yeah, he's a satyr. Now, if he was a goat, top half goat with human legs and he talked, I might allow that. But in this case, the, the what makes like the the, the animal part of him is it's just not the anthropomorphic like, part. Is acting like an animal. Yeah. The the part that is doing human behaviors is the human part of him. So I, yeah. I was in my opinion, that kind of disqualifies him. Um, so you also would not have included a centaur or minotaur? No. Again, okay. half Same human, reason. half animal. Yeah. Well, a minotaur um, is minotaurs are the. Oh, bo- minotaurs. Are, are, minotaurs are top half bull. Hmm. No, they're head of bulls. I believe. That's true. I believe, and I don't believe minotaurs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I don't believe minotaurs exist. So. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that minotaurs speak. I mean, you know what? If 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 there, if you find an instance of a minotaur speaking, then I would allow the minotaur. Okay. Because it's that situation where the animal part of it is exhibiting human behavior. Yeah. Um, and if you want to uh, talk about what you're watching so that I can uh, take over, hijack, frankly, hijack the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, a new thing that I watched uh, was something also that Zach watched, which we'll talk about, was um, Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper, who is so handsome. So um, handsome. Not just Bradley Cooper, like it's got a lot of names in it. It's got Bradley I, Cooper, it's got Tony Collette, it's got. Uh, yeah, Kirk I mentioned Lanchette. to you in text. Uh, what, what other movie did I set compared to? Um, I mean, even just compared to Becky, where like every few minutes a, a familiar face is popping up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's got a decent amount of people. It's got it's got one of the Mara sisters. It's got Rooney Mara. Um, it's got Ron Perlman. It's got um, it's got like some names in it. It's got William Defoe. Um, um, Richard Fred. It's, uh, it's definitely got some names in it. Long time um, friend of the podcast, Richard Jenkins. Say it again. Oh, long time friend of the show, Richard Jenkins. Oh, Richard Jenkins is in it. Yes. Um, Richard Jenkins' bodyguard is even so. He's the guy from Mindhunter. Yeah. Um, who else pops up? Uh, did you mention Mary Steenburgen? No, I forgot about her. Yeah, uh, interesting movie. Yeah. Um, something else, something that I think I've mentioned before on my What Are You Watching that I re-listened to um, that I think everyone should go listen to because it's fucking hilarious. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's only about like a half hour long. It's a comedy album by Theo Vaughn called 30 Pound Bag of Hamster Bones. Um, if you guys haven't heard 30 Pound Bag of Hamster Bones, go listen to it because like some of the shit that Theo Vaughn says is just fucking hilarious. Like he he has this very southern draw to him and he just kind of like it's like he has this way of saying things that like you're like oh like like how like like the stereotype of like uh like oh man that's cooler than a possum on a porch in a cold winter day or something like that. Right. Like, I, I saw... very, like he those some of the shit he says is just very fucking goofy and it makes me laugh hysterically. Um, I'm still not so sure where I land on the, the Theo Vaughn fence. 
I uh, see. I was I wasn't a fan, and then like I randomly watched his newer stand up on Netflix and thought it was really funny. And then I went back and listened to his other stuff on Apple Music and was and was like laughing hysterically, especially during um, especially during the Thirty Pound Bag of Hamster Bones uh, album. Um, but they're all very good. And then like like always, we've been watching um, Book of Boba Fett and uh, Peacemaker. I really like the line in Book of Boba Fett where like. Mandalorian and Boba Fett are having the conversation about like, it's like oh you're like you know, there's a good chance we die. He's like then I then we die together or like whatever mm-hmm. he says, and he's and like Boba Fett says something to the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian just lifts up his like brings his gun up into frame and just says this is the way. Like fuck, get him, Mando. <laughs> um, what did you think overall of uh, let's 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 not just let let's let's two part it. What did you think of the finale? And then what did you think of the season in general? Um, the finale was okay. There was some good action in it. Um, I said to Zach, I was a big fan of Boba Fett riding the Rancor into battle. Um, there was some good action. Like, there was some adorable baby baby Yoda stuff. Oh, he does um, a face when he, when he first meets, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amy Sedaris' character? Uh-huh. Uh, he, does just, he just does a face that, like, I was like, oh, God damn it, Grogu, you got me. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you got me again. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it, on the whole, on the whole, the season I thought was, you know, it was okay. It's not what I wanted. It's I don't think I don't think the season was what anybody wanted. Everybody wants good fellas in Star Wars, and that's you not what, what we got. It turned into something everybody wanted when it became the Mandalorian season three. Yeah, it's true. And halfway through, it became the new the next season of Mandalorian, and that's what everybody everybody's wanted. opinion of it. I think turned around come episode what five. Four yeah. or five, when all of a sudden it's nothing but like literally in in episode five and six, I think um, we had four and five. You don't Boba see Fett. Boba Fett at all. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, and then uh, peace. Uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Peacemaker was good. Um, That's. Well, I think we'll get into a, a more in depth discussion next week because I think next week is the finale. Yeah. So we'll hold um, off on any long term uh but again just uh vigilante might be the the standout of uh he, he's fucking hilarious like when they were yeah, like, like two episodes ago when they were asking the the butterfly a questions it goes it's your favorite color teal <laughs> and he goes yeah why do you care about like we have a chance to talk to an alien and you don't you're not curious of what his favorite color is he goes why would you start with teal <laughs> um I, but then I just I do want to give a shout in case I forget to mention next. Uh, I was incredibly impressed with John Cena's acting chops during one scene uh, in particular. Uh, spoiler alert! Um, surprisingly, I mean I guess not surprisingly because you know you got to get rid of the low tier threat to go to so that the the last episode could be about the main threat. But uh, surprisingly to me, he ends up uh, killing his father in this episode. Yeah, and then he just he ends up killing the T one thousand. Um, the the I, I I even texted you I think the throat acting John Cena does where he's like getting like he's trying to, to hold in his emotions but like you can see the lump in his throat like grow yeah. and then he tries uh, to dude, make, I, like, I, I I've said it like John Cena is surprisingly a good actor like he does comedy very well but he then he also does the serious bits well as like he does like at the end of Suicide at the end of the Suicide Squad when he's having the whole thing with um, with Rick Flag, like he handles all that, like all the seriousness of that, very well. But he handles the like he knocks the comedy out of the park. 
um, it does a really good job of the of the series as well. So I I'm totally on board for John. I, 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 yeah, I definitely wanted for, to make sure he, as an actor. I definitely wanted to make sure I, sh- I gave him a shout out for his um that that bit of I I I was sitting there going, God damn, John. I like um, I like that uh, the vigilante thinks that when uh, Peacemaker cries, he's exercising his face muscles. Yeah, and he's like, man, it's a weird time to exercise your face muscles, but all right. And the other dude just goes, he's crying, you fucking idiot. Like, um, <laughs> he's heartbroken. Uh, but like I said, we'll get into more of an in-depth breakdown of uh, Peacemaker next week after the finale. Um, did you have anything else you were watching? Um, like I said, I watched Guardians yeah. two. Um, I rewatched. Uh, I rewatched all. I watched Age of Ultron and Infinity War. Um, I didn't make it to Endgame because I didn't have the time to commit to it. Um, but uh, like, yeah, like like uh, watching um, watching Guardians just made me want to like rewatch a bunch of MCU stuff. Um, so uh, um, it's I guess it's a very good month for us to be covering it because I I, I want to watch more MCU, um, especially what we're covering next week because I feel like of the um, aside from the Thor aside from Ragnarok I have seen like Thor one and Thor two the least. But I feel like after that is the is the next one. That is what we're covering next week. Surprisingly, um, um, just uh, thinking about next week gives me an opportunity. Like, did you have you ever heard the theory about Iron Man and the radioactive spider that bites Peter Parker? No. The theory goes, and it's it's actually backed up a little bit by the fact by Far From uh, No Way Home. Uh, when uh, Willem Dafoe's uh, Osborn says, like, someone's living in my house. There's no Oscorp. So there's no Oscorp that created the spider that fish oh, so you think So, like, the theory, the theory that he was like, that Stark no in that universe, it was Stark Industries? Yeah, so that that's one of the reasons that Tony is so involved in Peter and, and invested in Peter is because he feels he responsible for him being a superhero. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let me get into it. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible because I, I, I'm not going to get too in depth into any specific particular one except here or there. Uh, so the Oscar nominations came out on Tuesday. Um, and I said about it, uh, realizing I had already watched a good deal. Like, I don't... Uh, uh, to, so, to start this all off, Monday night, the night before the um, uh, nominations came out, me and Becky watched The Tender Bar with Ben Affleck. Um, um, hold on one second. Hold, 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 hold. Hold, hold, hold. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes, and there was an outside chance he would get an Oscar nomination. So it was on the, the pre-nominations list. We watched that. He ended up not getting nominated. So that's the one thing this week I watched that was not nominated for an Oscar. Um, then the nominations came out, and I realized, and it ended up being the only thing prior that I had watched that was nominated for a Golden Globe that did not get a nomination for an Oscar. So mm-hmm. at that point, my list was pretty much all stuff I had to watch already. And I ended up making a list on Letterboxd of um, 
every single thing nominated for any Oscar, not even just the main ones that I watch, just any Oscar, like production design, original score, all this, everything, the, the, the shorts categories. So I made the list, and it's 53 things total. And I had already, at that point, watched like 25% of it. Um, so I'm kind of set about, I'm only ranking things in, in the list of the, nor- the things that, the normal categories I do. But I've said about to, I have until March 27th, so I, I have more than a month, and I'm already now, after this week, um, let me see what percentage I'm up to now. I've watched 56% of everything nominated. So if I, watched, crazy. if I watched the things I was going to watch anyway, because it's the main categories, and then all of the shorts then I'm already 85% through everything. which me, And I think it only ends up being six other movies I need to watch. So here's what I got through this week. I'm going to go through real quick. I'm going to start with the before, shorts. Before you, before you say, before you start saying them, how many things did you watch? Um, not including the tender bar. If I'm only counting the things that... Yeah, just strictly count- just strictly things nominated for Oscars. How many One, things two, did you watch? 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So you watch 15 things nominated for Oscars, the one thing not nominated for an Oscar, plus right. Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. And Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. It's fucking impressive. All right, so let me go through real quick. Let me start with the shorts. Uh, documentary shorts, I wa- me and Becky both watched one called Leave Me Home about homelessness on the West Coast of, of the U.S., it was pretty good. I gave it three stars. Uh, we watched one called Three Songs for Benazir, Benazir which is about um, an African refugee living in, uh, you know, refugee camps in, I mean, Afghanistan refugee um, who uh, is newly married, has a baby on the way, wants to join the, the Afghan army and fight for his country. But there's a thing. It was, it was decent. Two and a half. I gave it two and a half. Are you going um, at five the, stars? Out of five. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other documentary short I watched is called The Queen of Basketball, which is about a um, college female college basketball player from the 70s who actually ended up getting drafted by the NBA, never played for them, never even like did anything, but like was and by by just uh, circumstances uh, was on the very first U.S. women's basketball team in the Olympics when they first introduced women's basketball as an Olympic sport. And mm-hmm scored the first basket in the history of the sport in the Olympics. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, she was in the very first game, didn't even have the first possession, but rebounded the first shot from a Chinese basketball player and went down the court and scored. So she scored the first basket in women's Olympic basketball. Um, And then I watched a documentary short called Audible, which is the most clever title of anything I watched because it's about um, a deaf high school's football team. Oh, so that is very clever. Audible being, you know, being able to be heard and also what you call changing a play at the line of scrimmage in a, in a football game, you call an audible. Uh, that one was very good as well. I think, so I've watched four of the five documentary shorts. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I'd probably say I enjoyed Audible the most. Um, the uh, live action short, I've only watched one. It's called The Long Goodbye. It's about, um, uh, it starts Riz Ahmed friend of the podcast um, as a member of a Islamic Islamic family in England 
and then right wing extremists come through the the neighborhood and uh, kind of wreak havoc. It's and it's it's oh no, it's about it's about Islamophobia in the UK. Um, it was fine, a uh, little uh, little drawn out, little, but it was it was fine. Uh, I gave it three stars. A lot of things I give three stars. Um, now the animated shorts I watched, I watched one called Affairs of the Art, which was a very strange um, about it's about a family of uh, kind of like obsessives. Um, the woman who's narrating it talks about how she's obsessed with with art, and her son is obsessed with languages and stuff and and machines, and then his, her sister was obsessed with like dead things and like always like was into mummies and. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, tax. It's very, very strange. You can watch it on um, the New York Times website if you just Google Affairs of the Art. And in fact, I'm mm-hmm. going to post along this week um, of, with the tweet and the uh, Instagram a BuzzFeed article where it shows you everywhere um, that everything nominated is available to watch. Oh, that's um, awesome. Now, now, a lot of it, a lot of them, especially ones I'm having trouble with now, will tell you it's still in theaters, buy a ticket. Or if it's like on Amazon, but for rent, it'll tell you that. No, a good number of these I watched through the the app that you can use. Um, wow. Some of them I had to had I, like a, a good number of them also were available on streaming services. Uh, the other animated one I watched is available on Netflix. It's called Robin Robin. It's about a Robin named Robin who is adopted by a family of mice um, and is not a very good mouse. Um, it's actually got some some. Um, um, name the voice talent in it that I wasn't expecting. Um, uh, Richard E. Grant, friend of the show, uh, f- who played the manager in, in, in uh, Spice World. Oh, okay. Uh, plays a magpie. And then Gillian Anderson, who I don't play the friend of the show, uh, plays uh, uh, a uh, cat. Fun. Uh, Hey guys, sorry about that. Uh, Amelia broke. Uh, you might have even been able to hear it in the background. Broke a uh, like a ceramic piggy bank that I had. Uh, I had to clean that up before someone stepped on something. Uh, just to get right back into it, real quick, so we can not be here all day. Uh, Robin Robin was pretty good. Um, it's a half hour long, and it's like a musical. I wasn't expecting that. It's on Netflix. Go and watch that. Um, and then I'm trying to see. I think that's all the shorts I watched. So. I realized because of how the um, different categories worked out, which is not usually the case in this 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 case. Um, the, the the academy is definitely you can tell trying to expand their 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 uh, scope of what gets nominated because three um, uh, foreign language movies are nominated for major awards, which is not very common. And I realized. Uh, I'd be watching these three uh, foreign language movies anyway. They're all nominated for best foreign language film. I'm only too short of completing that category, so uh, it was not uh, originally the the case. But I've decided to add on uh, foreign language film as a as a category that I'll be watching and ranking. So before we get into the proper list of the movies I watch, uh, uh, the categories that I do watch and rank. Are best picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor and actress, original screenplay, uh, adaptive screenplay, animated feature, uh, documentary feature, 
and uh, now this year, uh, foreign language feature. Um, the foreign language movies I watched, uh, the first one I watched was Flee, F-L-E-E. And this one's interesting because it is, um, it actually fits into three categories that have never had one movie nominated in it before. It is an animated documentary about a Afghani um, refugee, a, a second thing I had to watch with Afghani refugees, who flees the country uh, at the beginning of the Afghani civil war um, and flees to, to Russia. It's cold and they, they, it says it's animated to help protect the identity of the, the guy that it's about. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he's, he's currently living in Denmark, I believe, not legally. Oh, okay. Um, so, but it's so it's it's nominated for best documentary, best foreign language, and best animated feature, which has never happened before. Oh, yeah. um, Flea is excellent. You forget that you're watching an animated movie. Um, sometimes, like it's 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 very it's very well done, and it's a, it's a crazy story. Um, uh, the other foreign language, uh, one of the other foreign language movies I watched was uh, the worst person in the world. Which is a um, shit? What language is that in? I forget. Uh, it's nominated for best. Um, I think it's Norwegian. It's nominated for best uh, adapted screenplay and best foreign language feature. It uh, follows a the life of a woman over the course of like a couple years as she's trying to navigate like relationships and what she wants to be and what she wants to do. Very interesting. Uh, very well done. Interesting movie. I understand why it got nominated for best original screenplay. Um, uh, there's like certain sequence, like at uh, one point, it, it's mostly told straightforward, but there's certain sequences where like um, she, time stops and she's walking around the town that with everyone's frozen and she goes. It, it's it's little interesting things like that. Um, I haven't. I've watched three of the five original screenplay nominees. I currently have it ranked as number one, um, and then the other foreign language. Uh, movie I watched, I watched yesterday. I told Adam, and I'm going to uh, extend my plea to all those listening. Um, if anyone ever asks you to watch an Italian movie, please, please just say say no and then politely walk away. Um, I watched The Hand of God, which I, I mean, on on its overall was a, a decent movie. I think uh, out of my total rankings, my like where I rank everything I watch, not just by category. Um, I put it at number 16 out of 20. So there's movies I liked less than it, but it's, mm -hmm. there's some bizarreness in it. Um, sexual bizarre stuff. Like just a strange, strange movie. Um, and then, uh, animated movies. I watched the Mitchells versus the machines. Oh, I actually, I watched that as well. Now that you mention it, I like, I enjoyed it. Loved it. I, I, I have it ranked. So I've completed the best animated feature category. I've watched all five movies. I have it ranked as number three because I felt I have. So my, my rankings for best animated feature from five to one, I have Ryan the last dragon last because that literally made no impact on my mind. And I've seen it. Um, Luca at number four, number three, I have the Mitchells versus the machines. Uh, number two, I have Flea, just because of how well done and, and powerful of a story it is. It, it like edges out Mitchell's machine. And number one, I have Encanto, because Encanto's kind of just creeped in and like taken over. Um, in terms of okay, friend of the podcast, Encanto, friend of the podcast, Encanto. Um, Mitchell's machine was excellent. Um, 
And then in terms of other things I've watched, a documentary feature, I watched, um, uh, so Flea was nominated, so I watched that. And then I watched Summer of Soul, which is now currently available on Disney Plus and Hulu, I think, about uh, the Harlem Arts Festival in 1969, which was several weeks of, of concerts in a park in Harlem with just the biggest um, soul and, and gospel singer. And uh, it was actually made by Questlove. Oh, really? Um, hold on. It was interesting. I liked it. Friend of the city that Zach and I live in, uh, Questlove. Or we're from. Me, Zach, does, Zach doesn't live there um, anymore. But. Um, so, that, so, so far, I flee over that Summer Soul. But Summer Soul seems to be like the favorite in the category. And then Yo, we get do you into remember the that action. Do you remember that time we were going to a concert at the Electric Factory? And we, and we saw, saw Questlove Quest come out of a gym? Yeah. It was weird. Um, Continue. Uh, so, so uh, in terms of other movies I watched, I watched Best Actress nominee uh, uh, Kristen Stewart in Spencer about. Um, Princess Diana, a uh, garbage movie. Yeah. Oh, it's just awful. Like I, I uh, so through, at certain points I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Um, uh, I watched Best Picture nominee Nightmare Alley. We talked about that already. Um, and then I watched Dune, <clears throat> which is also, not, also nominated for Best Picture. Um, I don't know what I think about Dune. I listened to a podcast about Dune last night to try to rec- like try to put into focus what I'm thinking about Dune. Um, I did not know going in that it's only part one of a multi-part story. Yeah. Which is not how the 70s one was done. It was all done in one thing. Yeah, and part of the reason it's always been called unfilmable, I think, is the scope of it. Yeah. Um, oh, Becky wanted me to uh, uh, to remind me that we did not talk about yeah. Ben Cooper, uh, not Ben Cooper, Bradley Cooper's penis. In Nightmare Alley, you see Bradley Cooper's dick in that movie. Yeah, when he's in the tub with Tony. Oh, Collette. you do see his dick. And fun fact: that was Tony Collette's first day on set. Um, was it? Yeah. Also, uh, other penis-related things that Becky would want me to bring up. Are you familiar with first, the term? Not a bad you, first day, am I right? Getting to see Bradley Cooper's dick. Right. Um, so, so handsome. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with the phrase "husband dick"? Husband dick. Yeah. Like. No. Uh, a husband dick is, uh, correct me from the other room if I'm wrong, Beck, a penis that you wouldn't be mind uh, being with for a long time. Like a, so In the Urban Dictionary uh, definition, I, I think it referred to it as a penis that's five to six inches in length that is not going to... Um, not gonna break you. It's not gonna like you know sell fireworks, but it's like it's that kind of like you settle down with dick. Okay, so it's like yeah, it's but like then, a that you that's that that you get all you husband up that dick. Um, makes sense. There is there's also the the uh, related but almost opposite vacation dick, oh. which is a dick of such size that you can only take it once within a, a certain span of time. Like you got to take a vacation after you can only get it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, because this is because Becky evidently a, a, a Nelly accidentally posted a video of him getting a blowjob, and Becky that was Becky's interest for one night. She was just in, like. Looking at memes and tweets about uh, Nelly's dick because evidently Nelly has a pretty much average dick. Oh, okay. Uh, a husband dick, as someone referred to it, which is how we got into this. Nelly's got um, a husband dick. Uh, so yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Those are so. If you learn nothing from this podcast, you learned about husband dick and vacation dick. 
Uh, so yeah, Dune, I'm not sure about. Uh, I'll definitely watch the second part of it just to see where it's going. I like how they built a lot of the marketing around Zendaya, and she's in, like in seven minutes of it. Yeah, they do a lot, dude. Like we talked about it before, where it's like, um, uh, like Brian Cranston and Godzilla. They were like Brian Cranston's and Godzilla. He dies in the first five minutes. Um, speaking of Zendaya, goddamn, she won herself an Emmy last week on your Euphoria. Oh, speaking of which, I, I also started. I now that you mentioned that, I, I started season two of uh, Euphoria, and fuck, do I like that show, dude? It's so fucking good. Like, so far, I, I, I think I said last week. So far, I would say the second season is better than the first season. Yeah. Um, are you caught up on it? Or are you still? Yeah, I, actually, I meant to ask you what day episodes come out. Because tonight. I'm all I'm all caught up, and I'm like, when does the next episode come out? It's on tonight. Oh, um, okay. Last week's episode was intense. Was uh, Zendaya was amazing in it. Um, when she spoiler alert, when she blows up Cassie's spot. Yeah. I was like, God damn! And then she runs out of the house. I was like, Oh, that bitch! That sneaky bitch! Um, so yeah. Uh, in terms of what I still have to watch. Um, if for me to complete my my core, like I need to watch these movies, like the shorts and stuff. If I don't get to them, I don't get to them. The other six movies that I would need to watch to complete everything, if I don't, which include things like Cruella and uh, mm. the Coming to America sequel. Yeah, I have no interest. <laughs> yeah, and James Bond, which would be the first James Bond I ever watched in my life. Yeah. I said to Becky, I was like, I was like, I want to watch the, I, I, I have to watch the James Bond, but I'm worried I wouldn't know what's going on if I haven't seen the other 27 James Bonds. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies left to watch between now and March 27th to complete my core watching everything that I uh, need to watch. The problem I'm running into is um, things are not readily available as much as they have been in past years. Like the yeah. one movie, uh, Drive My Car, which is a Japanese movie, it's nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, um, is not even widely released in theaters, let alone like out there to, to stream. Like it's, yeah. it's only in like art house movie theaters right now. I'm hoping as it gets closer, like it'll start popping up, but I can't find, like it's not even like I can't find a good copy of it. Like when you search it on the app, nothing comes up. Like the, the movie comes up, but no streams load. Like it's nothing. Yeah. Licorice, licorice pizza i've been waiting to watch that's like the one i have left to watch that i can't wait to watch and i can't find anything but a cam version of it yeah so i might just have to bite the bullet and just watch the cam version yeah um so yeah i got nine movies to watch a couple still are streaming like uh two of the documentaries are streaming on uh one's on paramount plus one's on, on prime um so i i mean get, i'll see what kind of week i have uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to just have that list done by the next time we, we record. Um, and next time we record, we'll be talking about, um, as I said a prior when we, last week and this week. I'm trying. I try when I, we picked the movies for this this month. I tried to kind of follow like a progression, like touchstones in the MCU. Like I didn't want to do Iron Man and then like Thor Dark World. You know, yeah. Like I wanted to do like Guardians was like a touchstone because not only was it like their foray into like a more of a comedic tone, also introduced the Xfinity Stones. You know the stones you put in your cable box, the Xfinity yeah. Stones. Um, next week, uh, we really get into, I think, the first movie aside from the Avengers movie where we're really bringing everybody together. Yeah, the Avengers movies to a sense like 
the Avengers, it's everybody coming together, but that's a certain type of thing. This is the type of thing we see throughout the rest of the MCU where you have random characters teaming up, popping up, and we'll be doing yeah. Captain America Civil War, which uh, you know a lot of people even call uh, Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Um, um, I realized, I said it earlier, I was, I was confusing Civil War and Winter Soldier. I've seen Civil War a bunch. I haven't seen Winter Soldier a lot. Uh, I think I've only seen... Because I remember a couple like a while ago, I did that whole where I hadn't seen any of them. I, I had, at that point, seen the two Guardians and Ragnarok. Yeah. Basically. And then I'll, uh, uh, I went through... So a lot of them I've only seen once. Like, yeah. last week was only really the second time I've ever seen all of Iron Man. Next week will mm-hmm. probably be the only, the, the only time... The second time I've seen Civil War. So, um, so yeah, uh, everybody enjoy the Super Bowl tonight. And who you got in the Super Bowl? Um, sports. I'm just hoping you, I'm, I got I got Snoop Dogg. That's who I got. Uh, I just hope that both teams have fun. Um, yeah, exactly. So both teams. Are, it's 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 the the Bengals and the Rams. Yeah, that seems boring. Uh, well, here's here's how I always go into these things where I don't have a rooting interest. I pick the team that hasn't won it recently. Uh-huh. In this case, neither team has won it particularly recently. The Rams haven't won it since the like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when they were back at St. Louis. This would be their first win in Los Angeles. Cincinnati has never won it. So I'm rooting for Cincinnati. But there's enough I like about the Rams where if the Rams win, I'm not going to be like bummed. Yeah. But I would like to see Cincinnati win because I like I like to see teams that never win it win it. Yeah, like uh, another dog story. Just I just I kind of like kind of warms my heart thinking about the cities. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Like I like I mean shit. People in Philadelphia still don't shut the fuck up about the fact that the Eagles won the Super Bowl once. Yeah. So like um, like as a long suffering Flyers fan, and they haven't won the Stanley Cup for a dozen plus years before I was even born, let alone my entire life. Yeah. Like thinking about, I like to think about those fan bases that have suffered for decades uh, rooting for their team to finally have that, like that catharsis, that release of yeah, of that, that, that want for a championship. So I'll be rooting for Cincinnati, but like I said, Los Angeles Rams, uh, like especially their quarterback who, um, Played in Detroit for like ten years and was just like, like a great quarterback, but just like Detroit's awful. Who's their quarterback? Uh, Matt Stafford. Oh, I had him. I had him one time in fantasy. Um, he's always he been. My it, it seems like uh, everywhere I see, it seems like generally uh, like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So like he's he just, he's, got, he just got he got the shitty end of the stick of having to play in Detroit for a while. Yeah, and now like his first season in Los Angeles, they they go to the Stanley Cup. Not Stanley Cup, Super Bowl. Um, they go to the World Series um, of poker. Like, I know like his wife had like brain cancer, and now like she's like fine. Um, but like, like nice enough people that like she bought two hundred and forty. I just saw this last night. Two hundred and forty tickets to the, the the conference championship like two weeks ago uh-huh. to give to less fortunate Rams fans. And somebody like the low, like she gave a range of how much they cost. The lowest she could have spent on these tickets was like two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Um, the most she could spend is only like two hundred and eighty-eight thousand. So it's not like a huge. It's not like she either spent two hundred fifteen or like seven million. But still, she spent upwards of two hundred thousand 
dollars to she, give. She spent. She spent like she spent around a quarter of a million dollars on tickets for yeah, for for, for charity. Yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have some uh, boneless wings. We're gonna have some uh, tachos. They're not actually tachos. They didn't have tater tots. They're those like um, they're like the crowns, like the little the, the circle hash brown kind of things. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got those. We're gonna throw some cheese on there and stuff. Some sour cream. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna do your little little. Um, oh, yeah. Becky, Bo- Becky. So I'll be having tachos and boneless buffalo wings. Becky uh, asked that we make a healthier taco dip, so I'm not gonna be having that. And then a cauli- a buffalo cauliflower dip, instead of a buffalo chicken dip. So I won't be having that either. But they'll be on the table. They'll be there for Becky to eat. Becky, um, Becky's, Becky's the person. I saw a thing yesterday where it was like somebody's gonna, sh- somebody in the world somewhere is showing up to a Super Bowl party with buffalo cauliflower that they're passing off as buffalo, like as uh, like you know, like buffalo wings, and like, and that right. person is wrong. That's Becky. That's that's absolutely Becky. We're having yeah. buffalo cauliflower dip. Yeah. Um. Anyway, if you want to get ahead of your. Uh... Absolutely. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Summer Movie CLU and then the number one. Um, follow us on uh, Instagram for another hilarious picture uh, that Zach posts. Actually, was walking uh, to receiving the other day at work, and Alex, uh, friend of the podcast, at best friend of the podcast, Alex stopped me to tell me how hilarious he thought it was that I was I, my face was on Iron Man's body, but then Zach's face was the arc reactor in his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, so follow us on Instagram now. for Zach's funny pictures. I think uh, this week's picture is from. I'm sorry. I think this week's picture is from this movie. But now looking at it, it might be a promo shot for the second movie. But Anyways. I think it'll work. I no, think no, because it, it's an adult group. Does it have Yondu in it? No. Okay, because Yondu was was predominantly featured in the um but in the promos I'm, for the second one, but not the first one. Based based on the approximate age of the Groot, I, I think it is the first one. No. Um. But yeah, so uh, follow us on Twitter, Summer Movie CLU, and the number one. Follow us on Instagram at Summer Movie Club. Um, uh, I'm excited for Civil War. I remember I used to put on Civil War a lot for my older son um, because I used to put on Civil War a lot, and I used to put on Age of Ultron because he liked the the like Jack the fight Spader. that took place like right in the beginning. He's, um, he's a big. If there's one thing I know about him, he's a big James Spader stand. Yeah, he loves James Spader too. So. Um, his speaking of the MCU, of the, you, of, uh, the MCU, did you watch the uh, the newest Hot Ones with Sebastian Stan? No. Well, he was on this week's Hot Ones. Hot Ones oh, are getting some good guests. I forget who they have before him, but they've got some good guests. Holmes? Yes. They've had some good guests this, this season so far. Nice. Um, so yeah, follow us on the social medias, as we always say. Um, join us next week for Captain America Civil War. Um uh, I mean, enjoy the Super Bowl. Who, uh, I know, whoever, uh, whoever you got got in the fight. Hopefully, they uh, they they pull it out for you. May the odds be ever in your favor. Um, be safe. Be happy. Be happy. Be safe. Be happy. Be kind to one another. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. I guess uh, everybody uh, don't get too drunk tonight because uh, you got work tomorrow. So Zach, you got nothing else? We'll see you guys next week. Oh yeah, happy Valentine's Day to my lovely wife. Oh yeah, happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, lovely wife. Happy Valentine's Day to all you to all you lovers out there. Adam, she gave me a thumbs up. She's on board.
Nice. She's on board the Valentine's Day. Yeah. All right, you guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy Valentine's Day. And uh, have a go. Don't we'll get, see you next week. Don't, don't get War. too drunk tonight. Don't get too fucked tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> see ya. Jesus Christ. Don't get too fucked tomorrow. <laughs>